the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 12th chapter. After engaging in a series of public arguments with religious leaders in the temple, Jesus contrasts the proud and oppressive ways of those leaders with the sacrificial humility and poverty of the widow. Starting at verse 38. As he taught, he said, Be aware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogue and places of honor at the banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A widow came and put two small copper coins, which are worth about a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more in than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Please pray with me. Lord God, Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our salvation. Amen. Amen. Two personal stories to share with you this morning. They helped me set the tone for where I am today and what I feel about this time of the year. First story is one that I went out to first get my real, first real job. Now, my first real job, I had jobs. I would do lawn cutting around the neighborhood and around with friends and family. But my first real job was working in a grocery store. And I was employed in that grocery store, and they put me in the most interesting spot in the grocery store. Checkout clerk. (laughs) Now, you have to understand, this is about 50 years ago. So 50 years ago, there were no computer scanners. Most of the prices were still on the products. And there you are, checking people out. And some of you remember that far back, you had those wonderful cash registers, and you had to punch in all those numbers. I learned quickly about people and their money. They were very quick to point out when I made the wrong, pushed the wrong button. And then back then, you know, they didn't have all these computers that told you how much change to give you back. I was just fascinated how most of these people knew to the penny how much money I was supposed to give them back. And if I missed it by one penny, they told me. So I learned quickly in that job, don't come too much between people and their money. It's it's a sacred area. It's a sacred area. And then when I was younger, the story is about my parents. My parents, about this time of the year, always fretted about going to church. And I often wondered why until I finally understood. It was about this time of the year that the book was printed. (laughs) 
Oh, Bob must know what the book is all about. <laughs> Most of you know what the book is about? The book is about your name and listing how much money you have given. There was your name. My name never made it in there because they gave up on the book before I got confirmed. But anyway, there was your name and there was your donation for the year. What? Yeah, you remember those, don't you? Uh-huh. And I remember when I went into ministry, one of the first things I ever said was, never again. Never again. I know some people thought it was a great motivation, but when I think back to my parents, it wasn't. It created fear. In fact, I've had a couple people from the other two services who heard my story and came up to me and said to me, well, I knew friends of mine who stopped going to church because of that. And now another lady came up to me and said, my mother played the organ. And she went to this church, and that day used to have that printed, but not that Sunday. The priest that Sunday decided to read all the names in the church as to who had given what and who hadn't given anything. And my mother was the organist, and she gave of her time and talent for to play the organ, to send us kids to the school, etc. And he read her name, and everybody knew who she was. Motivation for stewardship? Huh. Those two encounters of mine have always challenged me when it comes time to this time of the church year, which is when we kind of get on to stewardship, to say, you know, stewardship isn't about money. Stewardship is about our lives. We like to say it's time, talent, and money, but I like to say it's everything we are. A long time ago, Bob, you'll remember this one, I'm sure. A long time ago, our synod had one of these great stewardship, I call them a stewardship program, but it, I, I don't like the word program, but it was called His Love, Our Response. It was probably one of the best things we ever put together because it focused on his love, our response. That's what stewardship is about. All those other things, and I've said to you, they have colored me over the years from, you know, way to say, you know, we need to think about that for ourselves. We need to think about what blessings God gives to us and how do we share those blessings with one another and the ministry that we share with? You know, most of the time I don't think any of us sitting here ever think about the fact that even the most desperate of us in life, those of us who don't think we have very much, we are far more wealthier and blessed in this country than most of the rest of the world. God's blessings upon us. And we need to think about that in the process of stewardship. Uh, Carol, you remember this last night when we were driving back and I, I, had a, I had one of my moments when I saw the Shell Brothers have their whole building decorated for Christmas and the sign out in front says, Merry Christmas. And I thought to myself, what's missing? What is missing? 
Have we gone from Halloween to Christmas? What happened in between? Thanksgiving. Are we thankful or are we just move from one self-holiday to, quote, almost another self-holiday? What happened to Thanksgiving? Isn't that part of stewardship? Isn't that part of the blessing? You know, there's that old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one. Have you ever tried it? I would challenge you to try it now, but we probably wouldn't get out of church in time. Because if you begin to name your blessings one by one, see what the Lord has done. And that is the key to stewardship. Today's gospel reading is an interesting gospel reading. Jesus has an encounter with those who are, well, I always had problems with this gospel reading because it talks about people in long robes. (laughs) Oh, maybe it's the choir. Okay. (laughs) But Jesus has this encounter with those that have and seemingly those that have not. And, 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 and you look at this story, and Jesus really begins to put, you know, to really challenge. And then you come to the story, the end of the story, you have the widow. It's an interesting story about the widow. One of the things you have to understand back in those days, if you were poor and you were a widow, there was no obligation to give. No obligation at all to give. But if you were blessed, you had an obligation to Share that blessing. And whether it was the 10% or whatever it was, you had that obligation. So it's kind of interesting to see this Jesus take this widow who had no purpose or reason to give, who gives the last of what she has. Now there are some people who have said, well, maybe she gave because maybe she wanted her name or was afraid her name was going to be printed in the book. And she was guilted into doing this. I don't think Jesus would have used her as an example for that. I think what Jesus used as an example was the motivation of why she gave. You know, I used that phrase before, his love, our response. Isn't that what it's about? Isn't it his love for us that brings us to this time? Are we not called his disciples? Are we not forgiven through Jesus Christ. You heard the second lesson for today. Christ died, what? Once and for all, for all of our sins. There is no more payment to be made for our sins. It's done. It's finished. It's completed. The grace of God has given us and continues to give to us all those blessings every single day. The question is, what do we do with them? I think about myself. I'll have to say, be honest with you. God has blessed me in these past couple months. I have this thing called a pacemaker. I have this thing called a new heart valve. What do I do with that blessing? Think about it for our own lives. God has bestowed so many blessings on each one of us. And what do we do with them? Keep them all to ourselves? Can you imagine sitting here this morning, and I don't know where you are with families, I don't know where you are with anything else in your life, but imagine those other people in your life who have touched you in some way, given you something special in terms of blessings and that, 
Think of what would happen if they had kept them to themselves. Is that what we do? Is that our challenge? It's a struggle, isn't it? For you see, it isn't something that's up here. Logically, you know, I almost forgot about the budget. I hate budgets. Amen. <laughs> the only reason I hate budgets is because people have made them into gods themselves. Long time ago when I was doing my undergraduate work and I went to the University of Missouri and I had a, uh, a major in accounting and a minor in, in computer programs, it, it was drilled in our heads and said to us, Budgets are guidelines. They're not the law. I wonder. I wonder how our stewardship goes. I wonder how we respond as God's people. Well, all the blessings God has given to us, you know, I said count your blessings, name them one by one, in all the gifts and all the, you know, and, and I'm going to say it, in all the wealth we have, and we do, even the poorest of us is wealthy, we may struggle, but what do we do with the gifts? And I'm not just talking about finances, I'm talking about our lives, I'm talking about our very being, I'm talking about who God has made. You know your life changed in a simple words. Simple words were said over to you, little water was sprinkled on your head, and you said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you changed. You are God's. And he's given you gifts. How do we use them? Keep them to ourselves? Our time? Our talent? Whatever those treasures may be? One of the saddest things I ever encounter sometimes in families is when I see the struggle in families when a loved one dies and the first thing they fight over is the inheritance. How sad. The blessings God gives. There's a hymn we're going to sing at the very end. Take my life and let it be. Isn't that it? All the gifts that God gives to us, our hands, our eyes, all of our being, isn't that a gift from God? And if it's a gift from God, how do we use it? In ministry with one another, in ministry with families, in ministry with community, in ministry with all that we're called to be. That's our challenge. That's what good stewards are. Not just one little part of it, but all that we are and have and are given. By now, you can probably guess I don't like stewardship sermons. They're a real challenge. But that is, we got to move beyond what we sometimes narrow them down to be, but to see that God has blessed each one of us in unique ways, 
And we need to be able to share those blessings with others. I know some of us do many. Some of us are challenged. But we all do it. Remember again, the last part of the gospel, of the second lesson for today, is one of the most beautiful phrases in the, in the, in the scriptures for me. Let me read it to you again. Listen to this last sentence in Hebrews, chapter tw- verse 28. And just as it was appointed for mortals to die once, and after judgment, so Christ, having been once to bear sins of many, will appear a second time. And why is he coming again? In order to see if your name's going to be in the book? No. Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting for him. Wow. What grace. What stewardship. What a blessing. And all God's people say, Amen.